Hi, we are Fusion Church, located in Fishkill, New York. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and brings you hope. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Armando, and I'm the lead pastor of Fusion Church. Super pumped and excited to be here with you guys today. Man, if you showed up today expecting God to do great and amazing things, I am with you. I'm joining you in that. I'm believing God is going to rout out fear in the lives of all of us today. And it's going to take an act of faith for us to step forward and say, Jesus, here I am. Here's my faith. I bring it right now before the cross. What we've discovered in prior messages of this series, which we are in part four of our message series, uh, not afraid, is that fear is one of the biggest enemies to your life. Fear is one of the biggest enemies toward God's perfect will being done in and through your life because fear holds us back. Fear robs us. And today for many of us is going to be a new day. If you showed up and you're like, man, Christ, I am giving you my fears. I'm giving you my anxieties, my worries. We're going to learn an important skill about what the Bible has to tell us about how to route fear out of our lives. And it's going to take your faith. Remember, faith is not the absence of fear, but it's the response to it. Faith is not the absence of fear. It's the response to it. Many of you have to let it go. You have to let fear go. And just like the movie Frozen, let it go, folks, because God wants to do great and amazing things in your life, but it's the fear that keeps us captive. So many of us are plagued by fears, plagued by anxiety. Fear leads to a life of regret. Fear leads to a life of guilt and shame. So many of us have missed moments in life. Think about that. So many of us have had that that loved one on their deathbed and at a fear of vulnerability, fear of rejection, we left final words unspoken. Maybe it was an I'm sorry. Maybe it was an I love you. Some of us have been robbed in opportunities in life. You know, why do we never take that, that next step to launching our own business? Fear. Fear of failure, fear that it's not going to work out, fear of I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. Fear keeps you from taking that leap into the unknown. And it's only in that unknown where faith is uh, encouraged, where faith is strengthened, where we meet God. So many of us play it safe and we protect our fears. We protect our anxieties. And in doing so, they become strongholds in our lives and idols that we end up serving. That's what fear does. It robs you. It steals from you. And it creates a nope attitude. <laughs> Write that one down. Nope. What that really means is this, is that we look at the, the unknown before us. We look at that big faith risk, that big faith decision, and we're like, that's a nope, not me. And that leads to those missed opportunities in life. I once had a nope attitude. I, I did, guys. I almost did not go to college because of what I believed about myself. Now, let me preface by saying this. Not everyone is meant to go to college. Not everybody's future requires college. You just have to know your calling. You just have to know what God destined you to. And if it is college, great. If it's not, may it be something else. But don't not move forward into your future for fear of incapability, fear of I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough. We start speaking like that, we're going to sound like Moses before God gave him the pep talk. And for me, man, I grew up in an Italian-American family, hardworking family. All the guys were bricklayers, home renovation. They worked in hardware. Man, they were home builders. And I thought that that was my destiny. I was a horrible student 
in high school, but I had a calling on my life. And I knew when I became a believer that God was calling me to be a pastor. God was calling me even into the counseling field, but I didn't know how, but I knew who. I knew God was working in my life. I had no aspirations, no hope of going to college uh, to be a counselor or to pursue pastoral ministry. And the truth is, it's because I didn't believe good things about myself. I feared failure. I feared I wasn't smart enough. I feared I wasn't going to make it. I feared that it was going to be too hard. It was too much of a commitment. Man, I didn't want to finish high school and then spend four to six to eight more years uh, pursuing a master's degree in college. Fear almost kept me from pursuing God's will for my life. But uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, God spoke into my life. God encouraged me. God kept uh, kept me on the right path and provided me with an awesome woman of God, my wife, Jo Marie, who was my accountability partner, who spoke life into me. And she debunked for me many of the lies that held me captive in my fear and anxiety. My wife would tell me things like, you are smarter than you think you are. You're more capable than you think you are. Man, there are two people who believed in me in my life throughout my whole life more than anyone else. My God and my wife. And uh, man, I am a product today of someone who faced their fears, faced the unknown, faced the lies that were once told to me that I believe that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. Man, fear almost made me a captive, which would have cost me my future, which would have cost me a career as a mental health counselor, which would have cost me uh, the, being able to go through the studies uh, to, to become a pastor today to be able to share this message of hope with all of you. How are your fears holding you back in life? What have they robbed from you? What missed opportunities do you have in your life that you need to consider? You see, all of us want the outcomes of big faith, but the outcomes of big faith come from big risks. Faith requires taking a risk. Outcomes are always a response to our choices, whether good or bad. If you want big faith outcomes, you need to take big risks. Man, but so many of us are plagued with the things I once was, the fear that I'm not good enough, I'm not eloquent enough, I'm not smart enough. Man, I used to have incredible fear, which I still deal with sometimes today, about being a pastor. God, really? Really? Do I really have to stand up in front of all of them and, and, and give a message? I'm incompetent. I'm not smart enough. I'm not eloquent enough. I don't know the word good enough. God, I am fearful. I am, uh, I'm struggling with fears and anxiety. I feel like I'm in bondage, man. But God reaffirmed in me, man, I have called you. I have appointed you. I have equipped you. And now I release you to do what I have called you to do, what I'm going to do through your life. It's not by your hand. It's by the hand of God through your life. And so many of us have been sold as slaves to fear, sold as slaves to anxiety, Today is the day you step out. Today is the day that you say, Jesus, I'm taking an advance in faith and I'm walking forward. I'm expecting you, God, to show up. I'm expecting you, God, to do great things. God, I'm expecting you to give me what I don't currently possess. God, my faith is bigger than my fear. My God is bigger than my fears. My God is bigger than my anxieties. I step out in faith right now. God, I may not be eloquent. God, I may not be smart enough or capable enough or experienced enough, but God, you can do something through me that no gift, no talent, no ability will be able to be able to accomplish in my life. God, my faith, my obedience will bring me places that my natural skills and abilities can never. Don't you know today, if you have a calling on your life, God can do great and amazing things through your life that you would have never been able to do on your own. Guys, in this life, we have two options, really just two options. Take a risk and expect results 
or do nothing and expect nothing. I'm going to say that again. There's two options in living this life. Man, you can take a risk, expect results, or do nothing and expect nothing in return. For some of you, your next big faith decision is baptism. If you have recently become a follower of Jesus, or maybe you gave your life to Christ years ago, and you're like, man, I have never been water baptized. The Bible shows us that at the moment of conversion, the moment you give your life to Jesus, your next step of faith is baptism. Water baptism, that's right. Man, I got great news for you. If you have never been water baptized, sign up right now. Hit the link in the chat. Sign up for water baptism on uh, July 25th. We are having at my house a, a baptism and a barbecue for our church. Yes, with social distancing. And we just want to celebrate all that God's doing in and through your life. Sign up for baptism. Or if you've been baptized, just come and eat barbecue and let's celebrate with all of those who are being baptized. Maybe you're part of our online campus and you live too far to travel, but you want to be baptized, hit the link and we will reach out to you. A pastor will reach out to you. We have some creative ways that you can get baptized, even if you never visit us. Let us help you do that. For some of you, your big faith risk is sharing the gospel. Man, you've been praying for your mother. You've been praying for your father, for your children, for your neighbor, maybe your colleagues at work. And you're like, man, they need Jesus. They need hope. God, I don't want to see them die without you. I want to celebrate eternal life with them in heaven. Maybe your next risk is sharing the gospel, sharing the hope. Maybe it's inviting them to church. Maybe you need to stop what you're doing right now, which is listening here, and you need to hit the like button uh, down at the bottom of your screen, and, and then you need to hit the share button, and you need to share this service with somebody in your life that needs it. How many of you know together we can bring this message of the gospel far and wide? Man, by myself, I can only reach a few hundred. Together, we can reach tens of thousands of people by all of us sharing this message right now on our Facebook page. Man, go ahead and do that. Maybe for you, your next faith decision is, hey, pastor, I'd like to meet with you. Leader in my church, I'd like to meet with you. Man, I want to serve. I want to get involved. I I want God to use my life to make a difference. How many of you at home right now have always wanted that? You want God to do something with your life. The Bible tells me that you have a purpose, that you have a plan, that God has a purpose and a plan for your life because God wants good for you because God has chosen to partner with you. That is a commission for all believers. The end of Matthew, the great commission, Jesus commissions all believers to go to the ends of the world with their gifts, their talents, their abilities, and to grow the kingdom of God. Guys, this is bigger than Fusion Church. This is a kingdom mindset. God has called you, he's equipped you, and he is equipping you to do great and amazing things. Do not allow your fears and your anxieties to hold you back. For some of us, the next big act of faith might be giving, giving sacrificially. Guys, we have to stop procrastinating. God wants to use you. And I don't mean use you like a hammer and a nail. Like he wants to work in and through your life, through partnership. He wants to empower you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to anoint you to do great and amazing things. Jesus made a promise to you. You will do even greater works than I, he said, because the Holy Spirit is in you and you will bring the gospel. You will bring hope. You will bring love to the ends of the world, to the ends of the earth. A monk once said, man, go out and preach the gospel. And if you must, use words. You know what he's implying there? The way you live the gospel is how you live your life. Are you a blessing to all of those in your life? Are you a blessing to everybody that, that you come in contact with? The Lord showed me something some years ago. 
He did. I was sitting there, and this was probably after an argument with my wife or kids, something like that, right? And the Lord said, Armando, you are either going to be a blessing to your family or you're going to be a curse. What is it that you choose today? And in faith, you know what I chose. God, I want to be a blessing. I do not want to be a curse. But the truth is, a lot of my misbehaviors and yours as a person are rooted in fears and anxieties. A lot of the way we react to people, we react to things, not respond, but react, is because something deep down inside is being protected, a wound, an emotional vulnerability, some fear that... uh we're going to be rejected. Guys, today is the day you face your fear. Too many of us have forgotten the hope that we have. You know how fear works? Fear pops into your mind as an intrusive thought, an intrusive feeling on you. And then we ruminate over it. We obsess over it. We think over it over and over and over. And then we end up serving it. We play it safe. We stop taking risks. We stop believing God for big things. If you're a believer and you've been a believer for a long time, but you don't dream anymore, you you don't see yourself serving God at the capacity God has called you, it's because you've been serving fear. You're trapped in a context of fear. God wants to free you from that today, follower of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, God wants great and amazing things for your life. Without Jesus, there is fear. Without Jesus, there's anxiety. Why? Because there's no hope. The message title for today is Forgotten Hope. Too many of us struggle with fears. We struggle with anxieties because we have forgotten hope. Have you forgotten Jesus today? Have you forgotten the Lord and Savior of your life who's got a plan and a purpose before you? So much is at stake. Do you know, guys, it's riskier in your life not to take risks? Think about that. It's riskier to not take risks. If you do not take big faith risks, if you do not face your fears and your anxieties, it will rob you. It will steal from you. It will take away possibilities in your life. It will take away from you open doors and you will miss out on God's plan for your life. You will miss out on God's work, being able to see it and be part of it. You will miss out on an amazing testimony of redemption Jesus has for you. You will miss out on a blessing. Too many of us go unblessed because we don't respond to our fears and anxieties with faith, with hope. And that causes us to go unblessed. As we pick up where we left off last week, we were talking about Joshua, a man that was riddled with anxieties, a man that was riddled by fear. And in front of him was the Jordan. And God was saying, you need to walk through the currents of the water. You need to walk through the current of your difficulty, the current of your anxiety, the currents of your fears. And I know that that river is pressing against you, but Joshua, I am with you. Fear not, says the Lord, for I am with you like I was with Moses. Man, today is the day that you place your trust in Jesus, not just for salvation, but to root out fear in your life. God will never uproot what you don't. Man, understand that. So Joshua walked into the promised land. He took God's pep talk and he said, man, that's true. If my Lord and Savior said it, it must be true. I'm going to walk past this Jordan and I'm going to walk into the promise God has for me. But if he would have stood there, if he would have ignored the voice of God, if he would have ignored the truth, and guys, we have the word of God. If you're ever in confusion about what God's will is for your life, if you're ever in confusion about what God's purpose is for your life, if you're ever in confusion about God's direction for your life, It is here. He already said it. You and I just need to read it. And then it needs to go from our head into our heart. And we need to tuck it deep within our souls. Man, life changes. Life is unknown. This does not change. This is not unknown. And and Joshua walked through it. 
And, and you know, it, but then Joshua, after a time of leading Israel, he passed away. And after he passed away, the elders that were with Joshua, that co-led with him, continued to lead. But then they all started to pass away. And after they passed away, we enter now what we call the book of Judges. And there was a time in the history of Israel where they had no leader. And the people turned themselves away from God and they turned themselves toward idols. Man, they had a, a, a half, half faith. They were obedient to God in some things, but not other things. And the Bible is very clear that the people of God sold themselves. They prostituted themselves over to their fears, their anxieties toward sin, toward half of obedience. And they were in a constant perpetual cycle of sin, redemption, and resin. And God heard the distress of the people. Every time they sinned, consequences were birthed in their lives, not as just some punishment of God because he rebuked them, because he abandoned them. No, they're, they're, they, these were natural consequences to the sins of their own behavior, their own the, the outcome of their own choices. And, and, there, and there was responsibility and the people cried out to God. But how many of you know, God is not only a God of truth and justice and judgment and wrath. He is also a God of great mercy, wonderful grace, giving to us that which we do not deserve, eternal life. And he would give them what we call judges. And judges were leaders in Israel that every time the people cried out, God would send mostly men and this one amazing woman named Deborah, who we're going to talk about today, into Israel. And when the judges led Israel, his favor was with Israel. And when a judge died and passed away and Israel had sinned, his wrath and anger was with Israel as a consequence to their sin. But the book of Judges is a foreshadow. You know what a foreshadow is? It's a story today that talks about a greater story to come. It was a foreshadow. And these judges, while they ruled for a temporal period of time, God's favor was with the people. But how many of you know we have a, an amazing great high priest? We have an amazing pastor. We have an amazing shepherd, and his name is Jesus. And, and he's come, and he's not a judge who leads for a time or a season. He is an everlasting judge who, who rules and reigns forever. And because of Jesus, God's favor is with us completely, fully, without end, without finish. And if you place, if you just placed your hope, your faith in Jesus Christ today, you will have all of the gifts, all of the promises of God afforded to your life. They will be credited to you as God's grace, as God's mercy. And man, I got to tell you, man, there is no greater high priest than Jesus. All of the rest of them, you don't need a pastor. You don't need uh, somebody in your life that is your bridge to God. All of the rest of them were, were bridges that only were there for a season. Jesus remains forever as our good shepherd, as our good pastor, as our good leader. So, so here was, here was Israel and, and they fell short of the, of the glory of God because they have sinned. And do you know the, one of the greatest sins in our lives is to turn our hearts over to fear, to shipwreck our faith, to not serve God because we are serving fear. Understand this. God will not uproot in your life what you don't. I said that a little earlier, but we're going to pick up with Judges chapter two, verse one. This is after they entered the promised land. This is after Joshua passed away, the elders passed away, and Israel was in need of a leader. They didn't have one at that time. And God sent them into the promised land, and he said, I mean, I want you to uproot these other groups, these pagans. They're going to hurt you. They're going to be a snare around your neck. If you don't mix with them, don't believe what the things that they tell you. Don't follow their gods or their idols. They will be a snare around your neck. Man, 
You need to uproot them so that you, Israel, can be my chosen people, holy and righteous under the Lord. But they didn't do that. They had half obedience. They only went partial. They only went halfway. And uh, Judges chapter 2, verse 1, the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and I led you into the land I swore to give your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land. What you shall break, uh, I'm sorry, but you shall break down their altars. God says, I have made a promise with you. I have made a covenant with you. Do not fall into agreement with the people of this land because you will break my covenant and follow theirs. And every time we sell ourselves out to idols, to addiction, towards sin, man, every time we sell ourselves out to fears and anxieties that limit God's plan and purpose in our lives, we actually are in agreement. You know what a covenant is? It's an agreement. We leave the covenant of God that he has made with us and we go into agreement with that which is counterfeit, that which is wrong, that which is going to bring us far from God. Israel had a heart for the battle, but only a partial heart. They only went halfway. Man, when it comes to your fears and your anxieties, you need to uproot it, and God will respond to your faith and tear it out of your life. But if you go halfway, if you allow even a little bit of fear, even a little bit of anxiety in your life pertaining to the things of God, and you stop taking faith risks, man, it's going to be left there as a snare around your neck. So this is what it said. We're going to pick back up. And you were supposed to break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? You have also said, and I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares around your neck. You see, here's a simple truth. God will not uproot in your life what you don't. It takes a step of faith. When it comes to your fears and your anxieties, you cannot allow it to... to, to stay in your life. Some of us don't take risks of various types, vulnerability. Some of us at home, married couples, some of us don't even pray together. Like, man, we could talk about anything, but we don't pray together. Why is that? It's fear. Fear of, I'm not going to have the right words. Fear of judgment. Fear of letting the other person down. Man, the best thing you could do is face your fear and say, man, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be the spiritual head of this household because God has commissioned me. I don't have the right words, but I trust God will give me the right words. Maybe you just need to pray and I Honest prayer. God, I don't know what to pray right now. Bless my family and my marriage. Amen. Man, if you pray that honest prayer, God is going to see that as a step on your behalf of uprooting the fears, uprooting the anxieties, and he's going to act on your behalf. God only uproots what you acknowledge in your life to be sin in a stronghold. You confess it and bring it to his cross. And that is what today is about. Guys, it's twofold. It's about developing a a, a, a skill or an action step in response to fear, your faith, but it's also about delivering the broken, the damaged things in us to the foot of the cross. Jesus died for your fear. Jesus died for your anxiety so that you can go through life no longer fearing, no longer having anxiety. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, of joy, of a sound mind. Because when we have fear, guys, it's not a sound mind. Think about this, that he has given us a, a, a spirit of joy. He has given us a sound mind, which implies in response to fear. When we have fears, it's irrational. It's contrary to the word of God. Fears are contrary to a supernatural God who can do great and amazing things. When we allow fear to overtake us, when we feel crippled and stuck by fear, what we're actually saying is that our fear is bigger than our faith. What we're actually saying is that somehow the God of the universe, he can't overtake my fear. He can't conquer it. When we say that, 
Is your God really this little? Like, when we allow ourselves to live in fear and anxiety, is your God really this little? I don't know about you. May God forgive me. May God forgive you for any moment in our lives where we have lived like, acted like we had a really tiny God. Our God is bigger than our trials. Our God is bigger than our struggles. Our God is bigger than whatever you're going through right now, sitting on your couch in your living room, in your dining room, maybe you're in your bedroom. Your God is bigger than your diagnosis. Your God is bigger than the death of a loved one, the grief of that, the pain of that. Your God is bigger than any trial, any trouble, any storm of life you're in. Your storm, your trial, your trouble, it can't have you. Your faith is bigger than that. Your faith is stronger than that. Your faith will sustain you when life looks like it's doom and gloom. It's God who brings light to the darkness in our lives. And so much is at stake. Why do we have to face our fears? It is scary because of what's at stake. Man, when you face your fears, when you give it to God, when when you allow your faith to address your fear, Man, it helps the kingdom of God. Man, it helps your children. How many of you know children catch what's taught, not uh, what's what's modeled before them? They catch what's what's the behavior of their parents. They, they children catch it. They they catch your fears. They catch your anxieties. It's what's modeled, folks. Man, I I as a father want to model something different. I, I want to model faith. I want to model big faith. I want to model, man, that I have a God that's so big, I don't worry anymore. That's what I want to model because what's at stake? Man, God has called you. God has called them. I know that. But God has called you to do great and amazing things to build up the kingdom of God. This is for the kingdom of God. You facing your fears is for the kingdom of God. You facing your fears is for your children. It's for generations to come because when you allow fears, sin, when you allow that which hurts us into your lives, it stays with you and will curse for generations to come. What's at stake? Guys, too much. Man, the book of Judges brings us to chapter four, this story of this amazing woman, Deborah. Now, this is a time in history where, where women weren't given much credit. Women were seen as property. Man, and there was not a man in all of Israel with courage. There were, the men were overtaken with fears. They were overtaken with anxieties. Sometimes we get so used to the fear and anxiety, it becomes oppression. And when you live under oppression for too long, it starts to feel like that's what's normal. But not Deborah. No, not Deborah. Deborah was a woman of faith. She was a woman of strength. She had anointing on her life. She was called a prophetess of God. And she believed God for big things. She believed God for great things. And man, God was with her. This woman was no joke. And if you are sitting there right now as a female and you have, maybe you're the spiritual leader of your home. Maybe as a, as a woman, you have uh, fought addiction and you're in recovery. Maybe as a woman, you have been abused and you've uh, walked through abuse and you've experienced the full healing of God. You are a warrior. I respect you. I support you. You are a Deborah. You are stronger than you think you are. You're smarter than you could ever imagine. God is with you. God is for you. Fear was just meant to be a feeling, not the condition you and I live in. Too many of us allow fear itself to become a condition, but Deborah, Deborah did not. Deborah understood that, man, the anointing in her life, that God through her was able to do great and amazing things. So many of us, 
Man, we go unblessed. We go unblessed because we spend too much time looking at ourselves and too little time looking at God, too little time looking into the word of God, which will address the fears, which will, which will address the anxieties. You know what I do when I feel fearful? I hit my knees and I start praying. Man, when, when fear really grips me, man, I open this book and I start claiming it's truth over my life. This isn't a book. It is life. It is life. And, and the theme of, of this book, Judges, Man, the Bible says at the end of Judges that they did not have a leader at the time and all men did according to what seemed right in their own eyes. Man, that is so reminiscent of the society we have today. So many of us are doing what's right in our own eyes and we're getting lost and we're getting shipwrecked in faith and in our emotions. Anxiety's on the rise. Depression's on the rise. Fear is on the rise. Even within the church, statistically, it's no different than outside the church. But how many of you know we have truth? This truth does not change. Man, I am not a law unto myself. God directs us in what's right and what's wrong. God directs us on fighting our fears by addressing it with faith. This is a truth that we could stand on. Deborah knew that while the men of Israel did not. And this is a time in history where they were under the oppression of a Canaanite king named Jabin and his commander named Sisera. And for 20 years, Israel was battered. Israel was hurt. Israel was under great oppression and there was not a man of courage. But Deborah was. Deborah was a woman of incredible courage and she understood that fear if you allow it, it will lead into oppression. It will lead into a condition of your heart that Jesus wants to set you and I free of today. Guys, you need to get this. Faith is not the absence of fear. It is the response to it. It's the hope and trust in Jesus who will overcome the difficulties and circumstances of your life. Man, you have one weapon when it comes to fear, faith. And the fruit of faith is prayer, Fasting, communal pair of the, of the body of believers, man, acts of service and kindness. Your one weapon to dismantle fear in your life is faith. It's hope. Man, you guys cannot afford to forget Jesus. We cannot afford to forget hope. That's what today's message is about. Forgotten hope leads to fear. So here, Barak, which was a commander in the army of Israel at the time, he was a, a, a commander that was filled with fears and anxiety, faced with an unimaginable number of of soldiers that were going against him under the command of Sisera and Barak faced with battle, he goes to Deborah. How many of you know the people you surround yourself with will have an impact in your life? The people who you surround yourself with will dictate your, fu- your future. Judges chapter four, verse eight says this, Barak said to her, to Deborah, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I will not go. Verse nine, certainly I will go with you, said Deborah. But because the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. Barak did not have the faith. He had forgotten hope is what he did. He forgotten that God took Israel out of Egypt, that he took them through the desert, through the promised land, that God has afforded Israel victory after victory because God went before Israel. He forgot all this and all this he ruminated on was fears and anxiety. There's certain annihilation before us. But man, I see Deborah. Deborah's faith is attractive. Deborah's faith is strong. She's a courageous woman. Man, sometimes if you're dealing with fears and anxieties, you need to lead in you need to lean into the right people not the wrong people you need to surround yourself with the people of God who are big faith warriors that they pray big prayers they believe God for big things get rid of the cancer in your life there are two types of people that you and I hang around with those who feed off of your fear and those who confront it and Barak, he was smart he said I may not have the faith within myself right now but I'm going to surround myself with Deborah 
And Deborah, man, she said, I'll go with you. But because the course you are taking, say the word course. That's right, course. Because the course you're taking, the honor won't be yours. So many of us go unblessed. We go unblessed because of the course we take. We, we take a direction opposite than what Scripture says. Some of us go unblessed because we won't serve. Won't serve the community. Won't serve in the church. Some of us won't respond to God's calling on our lives, and we go unblessed. Some of us go unblessed because we won't give sacrificially to the church, to the hungry, to the poor, to stop human trafficking. We won't give and we hoard. Man, no matter what you buy, it won't bring you joy. We go unblessed because we won't give. We go, we go unblessed because we won't go. When God says go, when he's got a calling on your life, when we sit and we stay captive in our fears and anxieties, we go unblessed. You see, there's certain principles that are biblical, and when we honor those principles, when we live them out, you will have blessing in your life. Too many of us feel like God has turned his back on us. Some of us feel like we're on the, we're, we are under the judgment of God. Sometimes, guys, it's not judgment. Most of the time, it's the natural consequence of the course we have taken. Some of us are asking God, how have I ended up in this relationship? I'm being abused in an abusive relationship. Well, maybe God didn't want you to enter that relationship. Maybe that relationship was not God's will for your life, but we entered it because we were too stubborn. And now we're experiencing consequences of that relationship. You know what obedience might require? Get out of that relationship. Some of us are desperately praying to God, God, help me financially, help me get out of this. And you know what God does? He, he allows the church to come up with, with answers, like Crown Financial Ministries would be one. Dave Ramsey's like, there's, there's biblical principles financially. And many of us are cursed financially because of the course we took. We made bad financial decisions and we're reaping the outcome. It's not because God's mad at you. God wants to rescue you. It's because we make certain choices. So scripture goes on, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. For the Lord, say that for the Lord. Too many of us, again, go unblessed because we focus on ourselves. It is not by your hand that you're going to defeat fear, that you're going to defeat anxiety. The answer to your fear to, fears and anxiety is not in a bottle. It's not in a drug. It's not on some addiction you have. It's not on buying more things with the hope that it's going to make us happy. The answer to your problem is one name, and it's Jesus. Fear is the response. I'm sorry. Faith is the response to fear. That's what we need. You see, but this woman had a secret. Deborah had a secret. Why was she willing to endure this great battle? Because she had faith. She knew her faith was bigger than her fear. Some of you right now are, have weight on your shoulders. You're carrying the weight spiritually of your family. Some of you, you're carrying the weight of the finances. Some of you have really hard decisions to make. Do you remember God? Have you forgotten God? Have you forgotten his faithfulness in your life? You see, if we're overcome with fears and anxieties is because that's what we have filled our minds with. That's what we filled our heads with versus this. How many of us replace what's in here with what's in here? This will change our lives because your faith, when it's established on truth, your faith is bigger than your fear. Your faith is bigger than your greatest challenge. Your, because your God is, your fears cannot have you. 
Your strongest struggles in your life cannot have you. When I was a kid, my parents called me thick-headed. Why? Because I didn't listen. They called me thick-headed because I always did what I wanted to do. They called me thick-headed because I was a stubborn kid. But you know what? That's the kind of thick-headedness we need when it comes to the Bible. I have to be thick-headed about what the Bible says. Anything in opposition to the Bible, I refuse to believe it because I'm thick-headed. Anything in opposition to truth, I refuse to believe it. Why? Because I'm thick-headed. Anything in opposition to God's plan for my life, I don't believe it. Why? Because I am thick-headed. God has a plan for me. I don't have to worry because he has a purpose because I'm thick-headed how many of you today need to say that I'm thick-headed Deborah she was thick-headed she was convinced she was convicted about the things of God because she knew God she also knew fear but she knew enough about fear that I won't listen to it I'm not going to allow it in my life I'm not going to ruminate on it I'm not going to obsess over it why because it's a cancer of my soul so many of us have spiritual cancer called fear and it's overcome us and it will rob us from the things of God. It will rob us from God's call on your life. It will rob you of the best God has for your family. Face your fears, folks. I know this is a hard message. It's so difficult to face fear. It seems so easy to crawl back in your shell. But we have to confront this. I love you. I care about you. And I want freedom for you. That freedom only comes through a faith decision in Jesus. And it only comes through applying this to your life. How many of you know you may have a faith moment with Jesus, you give your life to him, but you don't know this. You don't apply this to your life. And we go unblessed. We may have a relationship with Jesus, but we don't have blessing because of certain rules of nature and spirituality God laid down. I am blessed when I give. I am blessed when I serve. I am blessed when I face my fear. The opposite is true when we don't. Judges chapter four, verse 12 to 16. <clears throat> when they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinom, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sarah summoned from uh, Harasheth, Hagamim, to the Kishon River, all of his men and 900 chariots fitted with iron. Man, Barak and this amazing woman of God, Deborah, were faced with certain annihilation. Everything that they could see with their natural eyes was up against them. Everything that they understood and could compute with the natural eyes said that they face certain death, but not Deborah. Man, I'm not going to base my beliefs on what I see. I have a spiritual eye. There's something God birthed into my life. I see victory because my God is a God of victory. God is for me. Who can be against me? Deborah did not allow the spiritual cancer to take root. Then Deborah said to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. God is telling some of you today, go, go face your fears, go face your anxieties. I am with you, says the Lord. Scripture goes on, he has not, has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Man, Barak is receiving a pep talk and so are you and I today. Man, go, has God not gone before you? It takes a step of faith to say, Jesus, I'm walking. Then Deborah said to Barak, go for the Lord has delivered him into your hands. The Lord has gone ahead of you. The scripture goes on. So Barak went down to Mount Timber with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord ratted Sisera. At Barak's advance, God, I'm taking an advance of faith. I'm taking a step forward. And Deborah reminded him, when you do that, when you take an action of faith, a step of faith to face your fears, God goes before you. He cuts you off online. He stands in front of those bullets. He stands in front of the arrows that are meant for you. And they don't even touch him because God will defeat, even the scripture says in the book of Revelation, the Antichrist, by the blow of his breath. Don't you know the challenges, the fears you face are nothing for God? 
and he stands before you. The Lord routed, say routed. He routed Sisera and all of his chariots and the army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. God will rout what you, what you rout first. God will uproot what you in faith have said. I'm going to take an advance to this. and I'm going to uproot this in my life. Jesus responds to your faith. It is irresistible to God. Barak pursued his chariots and army as far as Harosheth, Hagamim, and also Sarah's troops fell by the sword. Not a man was left. You see, forgotten hope always leads to fear. Forgotten hope is the foundation of the fear you and I have struggled with in our lives. And this is how the story ends. So this guy, Sisera, he runs. He's the only guy out of his whole army that's alive. And he runs and he's probably running all day. He's exhausted. He finds himself a tent with a woman in it. He runs into the tent and he says, give me a drink. I'm thirsty. And then he finds her cot and he lays down and falls asleep in exhaustion. And this woman takes his life as the prophetess Deborah said that God will deliver this man into the hands of a woman. That prophecy has taken place. God has had the victory over this evil man who wanted evil for, for, for Israel. God is a just God and he has brought judgment upon Sisera for standing against the armies of the living uh, God, uh, against the idolatry of his heart, the sin. But there was one difference. Even though Israel had this victory, there was one difference you and I need to, to realize regarding uh, Barak and, and Deborah. Just one difference. She remembered the Lord. It's simply that and his faithfulness. Barak had forgot all as he remembered, all that was in his mind with his fears, his anxiety. You and I may not help it when we feel fear. You can help what you feed. I'll say that again. You and I, may not help when we feel fear, when thoughts enter our minds, but you and I can help what we feed. Do you feed your soul with this or do you feed it with cancer? And Deborah, Deborah did not. Forgotten hope is what leads to fear. So many of us have forgotten hope. So many of us deal with fear today because we have forgotten God. We need to pray. We need to repent. And that means do a 180. When we say, God, sorry, that's just a cognitive acknowledgement of the mind. But we need to turn away from sin, turn away from fear, turn away from anxiety. And we need to walk toward God in faithfulness like Deborah did. And there's just one action step. Remember the Lord. Remember his faithfulness. Remember hope when you are faced with fear. And then I take out the negative thinking and I replace it with biblical truth in my life. I replace it with what the word of God says. And you know what I do? I repeat that. I meditate over it. I say it. I speak it into my soul over and over and over until it's all I think, until it's actually coming out of me. And it's all that I remember is the word of God. And that's who Deborah was. What does your faith tell you? My faith tells me it's okay. My faith tells me I'm going to get through this. My faith tells me, man, that the word of God is true. My faith tells me that God is going to do great and amazing things through my life. My faith tells me that, man, I will not forget the hope of Jesus. It's hope that that I recall. It's hope that brings life, man. You can conquer your fears. You can conquer your anxiety because Jesus conquered the grave. When Jesus rose, so did your hope. When Jesus came out of that grave and had victory over sin and death in the grave, Man, so did you. God is with you. God is for you. Man, how would your life be different? How would your life be different if you had a change of a thought? What if your thought was, I have one short life to live? How would your life be different if I had one short life to live? 
man, I would give up my fears and anxieties. I got to tell you, life is short, guys. Scripture says life is but a vapor. Man, you think you have a long time ahead of you? You don't. It was just yesterday my first daughter was born. Now she's in her 20s like this. It has gone so quickly. It has gone so quickly. Life, we can't control it. If, if you're lucky, you'll live to 70, 80, 90 years old. Some of us will meet the grave earlier than that. This is not a doom and gloom, but it's truth. And I'm sharing this with you because I care about you. We've all been given the same amount of time in life. All of us have 1,440 minutes in a day. All of us have 168 hours in a week, 365 days a year. The time is short. The time is now. How would you live your life? If I knew, if I had the thought that life was short, how would it change things? Man, I would tell my wife that I love her more. I would spend more time with my kids. I would buy less and I would give more. I would share the gospel, the the hope and truth of the gospel of people who might die tomorrow. They might die in a decade. They might die a hundred years from now. Why? Because I care and love them enough that I want to see them in heaven and not in hell. They need the hope of Jesus Christ. I would share the gospel. Guys, we're running out of time and we are reminded by every minute that passes in our life is one minute closer to the end. And what we do in this life, what we do here will echo into eternity. What you do here will echo forever. Guys, it's not about the length of your life. It's the quality of your life. And that's what you and I have to consider right now. What is the quality of your life? Are you a big faith person? Are you a person who has a big, big God? Or are you a person who's got big fear and a little tiny God? Man, that's not going to be me. I want to leave it out on the field. Man, when I meet Jesus, what I desire to say to him is, God, Man, I've left it out on the field. I have served you. I have left every ounce of energy out on the field. I have reached my greatest potential in Christ because of the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus, I got nothing left. I long to hear, like many of you, well done, my faithful and good servant. If you're here today and you're like, man, I want that. I want to can this fear. I want to conquer it in my life. It starts with a decision to become a follower of Jesus. The Bible's clear. If you confess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, who died for your sins on that cross at Calvary, and he rose from the dead as God, you will be saved. You will be saved. You will be washed white, never to feel guilt, shame, or the mar and stain of sin again. If you want to never feel the stain of sin again, and you want a relationship with God, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord God, I ask you to forgive me for my sins, those that I recall, and those that I've long forgotten. I believe that Jesus Christ was a son of God who died for my sins on that cross in Calvary. I believe my sins are atoned for by Jesus' work. I believe Jesus rose from the dead and with him, I will rise too. I invite you, Holy Spirit, into my life. May I become your temple this day. Father God, I pray that you would anoint me In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. If you have prayed that prayer and you've believed that in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. You're going to heaven. There's no doubt about it because you can't earn heaven. There's nothing you can do to maintain it. It is a work of Jesus on your behalf. 
And the Bible tells us there's a celebration happening in heaven, but we want to celebrate with you as well. If you made a faith decision to say, Jesus is now the Lord and Savior of my life, hit the link in the chat right now, and we want to know about it so we can celebrate with you. If you want to become a follower of Jesus, or maybe you have questions, and you didn't pray that prayer, but you got some good questions, man, a pastor wants to connect with you and answer any questions you may have. Hit that link in the chat, and we will do that uh, with you. Man, if you're sitting here today, and you're like, man, I've been a believer for a long time, but I still deal with fears and anxieties. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. We claim truth. We claim life. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of of love, joy, peace, and a sound mind. We know that fear is irrational when we have God. We know that our anxieties are irrational when we have a God who's bigger than our problems. Lord God, we claim faith right now in the name of Jesus as a response to fear. Lord God, we love you. We praise you, Jesus, and we thank you and invite you to continue to work in our lives. In your name, Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Guys, we'll continue praying for you. We love you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. You can click the links in the description to follow us on Facebook or visit FusionChurchNY.com for more information. And if you enjoy this message, make sure to subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.